I think of is grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shields me from the hurt and the pain The touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up We were born into December, he decided to save us Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night Because without him I'd be lost, now the problem has been solved I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed into my eyes I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive I cannot help but give him praise, you should come along for the ride Alright everybody, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited about this one. I am. I say I try not to be biased, but I'm gonna be biased today. I really am because the servant leader we have on today, we truly are like family. I mean, we have been in the trenches with each other for a while, and it's amazing because he always said, when God is ready for me to talk, I'm gonna talk, and the time is now. So today we have servant leader Vernon Chipman with us today. I'm super excited about him, man. He's a mentor, he's an educator, he's a coach, and he is the CEO and founder of Coach's Closet, which is so much that he's going to talk about in terms of that. So I'm going to give you guys a verse for today that's been sticking with me, and I'm going to be using for this week, and it's Proverbs 18 and 10. The Lord is a mighty tower where his people can run for safety. And I've been using that because I think so often we get in a place where we try to do things by ourselves. But we have a mighty tower that we can run to. And no matter what happens in this lifetime and what we go through, Proverbs 18 and 10 reminds us he is a mighty tower and we can run to him to safety. So we thank you guys for tuning in. I'm super excited. I'm going to pass the torch to our servant leader, Vernon Chipman, to say hello to the listeners. And we're going to get this conversation started. Vernon, I thank you for being here with us today, man. Uh, thank you for having me, Coach. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm Vernon Chipman of Coach's Closet. A teacher here in Miami right now. I was a teacher with Coach Amos P. Garvey. Just, I'm a teacher, a basketball coach. I've been doing it for about 10, 15 years, about 15 years now. Uh, and then I have my nonprofit coaches closet, which is probably one of the most that I'm proud of, most uh, the title that I'm proud of, folks. Uh, because again, it does allow me to be a servant leader in the community around me. So yeah, that's me. Uh, I don't know what else, folks. Look, and let me tell you, it's so funny, Chip and I were talking and I told him what makes me so excited is because this, this call and this podcast lends itself to so many different variations. And I told him, I said, it's really going to be like some of the many conversations that we had. And I wanted to take a little bit of time before we talk about that. Vernon mentioned that we got connected coaching. It seems like yesterday. That's the crazy part. But uh, Vernon was the head women's basketball coach at Amos P. Gabby High School. And many of you all that know me and also know my journey know that that is where I am now. And I was on his staff as an assistant coach. We worked together in that capacity. I want to talk a little bit about in servant leadership, uh, moments of transition. And I want to also talk about being able to pave the way for other people. And the reason I do that, Chip, is because you and I both know this and those that are listening know that sometimes in this life, you know, as leaders and a servant leader, one of the best ways and one of the, the, the first items on our list is to be able to prepare people for their next, right? And so one of the things that I tell people about is, you know, I was Vernon's assistant coach. We worked together for a while. And when it was time for him to transition out and God moved him, 
he paved the way for me to take over. And, you know, coach, just talk a little bit about in your journey with young men, young women, uh, even those that you lead in coaches closet, how important it is to prepare our next generation of leaders because we're not going to always be here. Um, so it's funny you say that. Before we touch on that, I want to go back because this is that's something I always tell people about our situation because it was unique and a lot of okay. people it. So again, like you say, coming in, we were already family because of Brad and Jamie. For sure. We were already family, but when I got the head coaching position, I had a couple people come to me and say, you need to go talk to Chelsea Johnson. Not knowing I knew her, they were just talking about her, saying how good she was and she would be great for you and the girls. So I don't even remember how we came in contact, but we ended up speaking and she joined the staff. Our staff was unique, Coach, and you know it because if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't know who was the head coach. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Because I stood up. But when they came to the huddle, they came to you. You you did the X's and O's. You told them what they needed to do. Big C said what he needed to say. I was just the one going to chew you out and motivate you to go out there and do your best. Everybody else had the, uh, you know, the basketball IQ. And we worked well together like that. And I remember having a couple of yeah. times parents in the stands would say, well, who's the coach? Why you let her talk? And a couple times I addressed them on that afterwards. Like, look, this is how we work. And obviously it's working because we made it, what, to the game before the state championship? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it was working for us. So just to have other people coming in, it's just, you had to be humble. I had to be humble in order to accept the fact that this is what she brings to the table she's great at. And regardless of what people have to say on the outside looking in, this works for us. Like, we have our understanding. The girls know, I know, coaches know. So we don't, like, you kind of got to ignore what's going on in the background. Fast forward, when I got that job, and I, I know you remember, I was telling everybody, oh, this job for Chelsea. I'm only here to pass this to Chelsea because I know yeah. I never <laughs> And I had no intention on working with girls, but I kept telling them this job is for Chelsea. And my mom, I remember she asked me, like, why would you say that? And then you have the job. I'm like, mom, it's, look at it. It's perfect for what she does with these girls, being a Gobby graduate. And just an example for them to look up to, not as a basketball player, but also as a woman. I say, man, this job's for Chelsea. I'm just passing through. And that's what ended up happening. You end up getting a job right after I left. I think I took two years off. Yeah, you took two years off. Had the baby and everything. And when I came back, you came and you said, all right, coach, whenever you're ready, it's a spot for you. And I prayed hard on that, coach. I'm going to be honest, because it was, you know, I had I had to not let my pride get in the way to where I'm going back as an assistant. What is everybody going to say? And the first the first year I didn't miss coaching. That second year, that's what held me up because I was too much worried about what <clears throat> what other people were going to say just about me coming in and now I'm the assistant when I was the head coach. And and next year it's like you know I don't care what people have to say like. I'm here for my girl. She says she needs me. She wants me there. I'm going to be there. And the girls, I was always around the gym anyway. So it's just now it was official that I was a coach. But that was, I always look at that as a, uh, an example of service and leadership on both ends. Because for you, being able to allow me to come in and you still let me be me. You know, you didn't go into a power struggle with you. I'm in charge now. I'm sure you get that. But I was a head coach. But uh, 
I was able to come in as an assistant, you made me feel right about that and I'm telling you you mentioned something you mentioned that pride part you mentioned humility and I think that's huge when we talk about servant leadership right because it did it was it was so funny because there was there was so much outside noise about you know position and today you know it was a post you know and I tell people all the time when you see me post it, it you know it literally is not going to be all the time right but when you see me post it's going to be literally something that God has given me that the hope is that because so many people spend so much time on social media, they'll hear it. And then it's something that they can move from. And I said, many of us miss our blessings because we chase position over purpose. And it's so crazy. Mind you, you and I didn't talk about this. I, this was in my own, as my pastor say, private devotion this morning. But we would have missed our purposes in each one of those realms if pride would have gotten in way. You know, and the word tells us in Proverbs as well that too much pride would destroy you. And so uniquely positioned about us being humble in both of those roles and allowing one another to help serve those young ladies, no matter who was in which position, was that those were two of the best years outside of the only championship that the high school has for the women's basketball team. Those were two of the best years that the teams have actually experienced when we were along with one another. And that happens when we allow God to lead us into our purpose and not care about position. And I think that's golden. That is so golden. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right on that. Because again, it's, it's bigger than us. Yeah. It's bigger than us. So us putting that pride to the side, like I look at some of the relationships I formed in that year with Liv, for example. Oh yeah. If I wasn't there, who knows what would have happened with them? Because I was the person lifting them up when they needed, but then also like live to this day, she's still there for me anytime I call when it comes to coaching college. So the relationships I formed during that time, I wouldn't have been able to had I let my pride stand in, stand in front of me. And, and that's the part, like just watching them and those dynamics have always been such a blessing, right? Even now, you know, even now being able to talk to one another about, the program, when you come in, some of the young ladies still knowing who you are. And I mean, it's just amazing how that works in that mentorship piece, which you still talk about, you know, when I pay attention to all of the work that you've done with coaching closet, when I pay, pay attention to even you coaching young men, we were talking about this, coaching young men that we can look back on their pictures, right? Uh, you know, even my guy, brother Craig, shout out to all of them, that whole crew that now is graduating, they're men, they're doing amazing things. But we can look back at pictures when they were nine, 10 years old, right? And one of the things that I love the most, and I know you're not gonna like this, but we are gonna put this out today because it happens and I love it. And it's one of the biggest things that why I admire you and what you do. You take these young men who you've coached, right? And a lot of the times we see coaches who just care about the sport, care about X's and O's but you've always cared about the young men that they are. 
and it expands some of the names, the biggest names that's out there when we watch March Madness, being able to watch these young men, DJ, all them. And it's like, I remember when, and he's been in the trenches with them. So when you post and say you're proud, it's not, you showed up to the party, you've been there since they were young men. And one of the things that you do is that you mentor them and you even form your own Bible study with these young men. And I want you to talk about that a little bit because it truly warms my heart every time I think about it. Because they could be anywhere else in the world, right? Down here in Tallahassee, and we talked about it. Wednesdays is a night where they can be anywhere. They can be the moon. They can be a flight. They could be with anywhere. But they are collectively with you, not on a podcast, not because it's for social media or anything like that. They're in the trenches with you. A person that's been their mentor since they were little kids, and now they're talking about how to be a man of God. Please talk a little bit about just that mentorship piece, how important it is to you to strengthen these young men, not just in sports, but in how to be men of God. Oh, man. It's... Well, one, I love it. I'll tell you that. I'll start off with I love it. Okay. I, look, it exudes from your face. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Every Wednesday, uh, even with even those times where I don't feel like doing Bible study, I still enjoy being with them. Because I'll be honest, sometimes it's like, I, and I told them that sometimes I'm just not feeling it. But when I send a text and I'll say, hey, how y'all feel about Bible study tonight? And everybody texts them back, we ready, what's up? With that? Like everybody excited. So it's like, oh man, I can't let them down. Now I got to give them a session. So we do our Bible study session. But I mean, that's to me, just to watch their growth, it means a lot. To hear you guys tell me how Craig comes home and talk about it, that's big. Um, because not a lot of people know, like you said, I actually started it last year when the pandemic hit. So last year was a, a, a very challenging year for me. So I didn't work, a lot of people don't know, I didn't work for all last year. And when I did finally get a teaching job here in Miami, we went home for the pandemic, so the paperwork never went through. So I was unemployed for the whole year, and I kept hearing God tell me in my spirit, just do a Bible study, do a Bible study, because everybody was going live. I don't know if you remember, the DJs were going live. Everybody was going yeah. Oh, so yeah. Bible study. And I'm like, I ain't doing no Bible study. So I do a Bible study live. I ain't going live on no Bible study. Like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable opening up myself to everybody, you know, because you're going to get a lot of opinions. People going to look at who you were. And I was like, like a lot of people don't know where I am now. They just remember who I was in college or growing up. So now when they see me, it's like, it may look like a facade. So I was like, I'm not doing this. And so I, I kept pushing back. And then you started your podcast. And when you did it, he immediately slapped me in the face. was like, see what I'm talking about? And I'm watching you. And I was on there every day. Every day I'm on there. And I'm, I'm growing as I'm doing this. Because last year I grew a lot. And I'm still running from it, though, because I'm nervous. So one day, Marche was at the house. He, he came over to see me, and we sitting there talking. I had just got a new Bible, a men's Bible. And I was telling him something. And I say, oh, man, I just read that in my Bible. I went to grab the Bible. And we actually had a little Bible study for like 20, 30 minutes, just me and him. We going over different verses, and we having a conversation. And I felt good doing it. So when we left, I said, I called him. I said, hey, we're going to have to do this again, man. I like this. So I reached out to the boys. I said, hey, when would y'all, when would be a good day for you guys? Wednesday or Thursday? What time? I said, if I did Bible study, would you come? They agreed to it. And the first time was rough. 
The second time got better, but as we kept doing it and we started to grow, their line brothers came, more and more guys would come through. And it's like I started to feel good, but I still said I would not. I'm not announcing this to the public until God tells me to. Because it's not, I wasn't doing it for everybody. I was comfortable doing it with my boys, just knowing they're broke. So like we're in Bible study and you look at the twins, for example, and if they don't know the twins, the twins are, those were our babies that kept us on our knees. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All the coaches out here and teachers, you know what we mean when we say that. Them the ones, but they special. Everybody knew they were special. So they didn't grow up in the church like everybody else. And to hear them start off where we would ask them a question and they would shy away from it or speaking syllables and then now they actually giving opinions and they quoting bible verses they send enough verses in the middle of the day if they read some of devotional and i love that group because they give each other flowers while they're still here so our one of them saying um hey twins i'm proud of y'all man i really can see y'all growth in these last few months you know y'all learning the word y'all consistently coming and you actually participating and then once one said it, then somebody else came. Yeah, I noticed y'all been doing that too. I didn't want to say that. And everybody started, so they felt more comfortable um, coming on this Bible study session and speaking out. They felt more comfortable after everybody was letting them know, look, man, we see your growth, like we're proud of you. And that kind of took a step to where I ended up making everybody present their own Bible study lesson. Like everybody had to do their own session just to get them comfortable with speaking to other people and just talking about the word, researching, and just coming up with a whole plan to speak on. So, and it's been great to see. Um, I kind of wish I could reach out to more people, but then I like the intimate group because we're able to be ourselves, you know? But man, just to watch them grow up, coach, and we talk about real life issues. Like, it's not just the word. Like, I was talk, because it's hard for them being 22 years old, you're surrounded mm-hmm. by women, you're surrounded by drugs, you're surrounded by everything all this temptation and that was one of our questions how hard is it for you trying to grow up as a man of god in this generation like and what's going on right now and they talk about how tough it is man just every day you you're dodging something you turn it down something and sometimes they'll text me and just say hey man i'm going through something right now i need some advice like what do you think or how do i know if god is really speaking to me and i give them my response and then they'll call me the next day and say, man, I appreciate it. You know, I took your advice and it worked. You know, I felt better with it. I prayed on it. But I learned that from you. Just pray on it. When you don't know what else to do, just pray on it. And That's God, it. I remember you told me that when we were coaching all the time. And I was like, I, in my head, I'm saying, Man, you could have gave me more than that. You always give me good advice. I was ready for it. Look, that's always the immediate response when I tell somebody to pray about it right there. <laughs> you always give me some good stuff. You know, you, all you're going to tell me to do is pray. I'm like, oh, I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but I prayed on it, and God answered my prayers. So that's my response to a lot of people. Now, look, I give my advice, but then I always say, look, first thing you do is pray on it. Ask God to give you a sign. I say, even if you wake up and your body feels refreshed or feels different, your mind, you know that that's God telling you you, you made the right decision or mm-hmm. that's a response from him. So, yeah, but I love I love them. I really love them giving back. If you're seeing them grow as young men, 
and they're becoming fathers now. So just trying to steer them in the right direction on how to be a father. Like I know they're watching me. Mm-hmm. I know they're watching me. So I always try to set an example and I'm honest with them. Like I was so happy once they did get in college that I told them, I can be honest with y'all now. It's a lot of stuff y'all didn't know about when y'all were nine, 10, 11 years old. I had to hide exactly. it. <laughs> I could tell you everything that you missed or that was going on around you that you had no idea. So we can really relate that because they see that I'm I'm an average human being. I'm not this uh superhero that they thought you were when you when it was growing up. You bring up a great point. The first part is yes, most people that talk to me um on a level like you and I where you know advice is something that's being sought after, you know, there are times, right? You mentioned the best, there are times where I'll give you a response, right? And there's times when my response is simply, you need to pray about it, right? And I think that that is huge in terms of our circle, right? It's it's huge in terms of the people we call them. Some call them board of directors. Some call them, you know, though I always say, Coach KB on here, I always say, you know, who sits and occupies the seats at your table, right? Because some so often we'll have people sit at our table that's just there to eat and take and receive. But what did you bring, right? It's a potluck. Did you bring something to the table? Are you just occupying a seat that somebody else could beneficially come sit in? And so when I say pray about it, it's an amazing thing and concept, right? Because you have two amazing daughters, right? I mean, your little clones rather. And not only just them, but the extension of the kids that you have acquired over your career, right? And you know this to be true. Many of them have never had an issue sending you a cash app request, asking you for something right? They do it with like no hesitation. Why? Because they've tried you and you deliver, right? They've asked and then they received from you. And so prayer is one of those things that you don't know it works. You don't know when the answer comes because you have to do it more. You know, church makes us think that prayer has to be sometimes this huge or grandioso uh, wonderful, but oh, Heavenly Father, wonderful are your works, and da-da. and people hear that, right? And we laugh, but it's the truth, and people shy away from that. But prayer is literally a conversation with a higher power that can do it when we can't. And the more you do it, and you recognize that when that cash app to God gets received, right? When he honors the request, right? When it's almost like, and you know this to be true, when living, then we're ninth graders and we stop to the store. We ask them what they want. They maybe say nothing or one thing. By the time they're seniors, they're ordering the whole menu because they tried us and they saw now when I ask, I receive. So when I say pray about it and what you've learned to be true over now this time is that prayer is that key that unlocks the door to all God is able to give you. You have to have that conversation with him. The second thing that you mentioned is that transparency piece. Now see, when they were eight, nine or 10, we couldn't give them all that now, okay? We couldn't tell them everything, but it's amazing that transition of you all's relationship that has taken place. They were little boys looking to you and seeking for guidance. Now they're young men, some of them fathers, some of them about to be fathers, out in the real world, just graduating, about to graduate. All the things, a lot, many of them from the same alma mater, shout out to FAMU as you, and they're able to now see you still as their coach, that's right, still as their coach, but when you're able to open up your heart and open up your life to give them the, the story and the testimony, right? 
So often I tell people we live our lives like social media where we take 50 selfies and only post the one that came out perfect. But could you imagine our lives if God don't expect us to go tell all the business, but if we were able to give the testimony, if we were able to tell the story and that's what you're doing, how important is servant leadership is telling our stories, being okay with being transparent so these young men and young women and those that we lead can see, look, God did it for me. What you see, you don't see me on YouTube. You don't see me out and about giving and you think this started today. No, I had a story. How powerful is your story as you mentor? Uh, I think it holds a lot of weight because again, that transparency, it allows you to see the real me. Um, especially as teachers, people expect us to be perfect. All the time. <laughs> I love when a student tells me, when they ask a question, and I just, honestly, I don't know. When you're the teacher, you're supposed to know everything. Well, I don't. This is the one teacher that's going to tell you, I don't know everything, but guess what? I know who to Google. Go Google it, you know? But um, just being able to be open with them, because I was their age. When I started coaching them, I was their age now. So when I tell them that at the time, they looked at 23, 24, 25, and we were old. Now they're 22, 23, 24, and they're looking at it and they're saying, oh man, like, okay, this is what you was going through. We're still having to come to practice every day and pick us up and take us home. This is what it was like on the weekends when we going to Orlando and you tell us, well, you got $200, so y'all, we're going to make it work. You know? Right. We're going to make this thing stretch. on the dollar menu everybody got three dollars everywhere we go we got three dollars <laughs> but them they knew that like they lived that but they really didn't understand what was going on until like i said later on now when i can just tell them even like real life situation you know things going on when everything was happening with george floyd and the police and just we had a conversation about that and i had to let them know like look Y'all know y'all coach, y'all know I'm a good guy for the most part. I'm a swell. But I've been pulled out of my car on three or four days. And this is me having respect. Yes, sir. No, sir. I say, so understand the, the, the language you use matters, how you come at them, how aggressive you are. But sometimes you just, you have to know how to respond to these people or these situations. So letting them see that. And now they're going through this where they have to work. But I say, look, y'all. Y'all young black men. Like there was a time we took the twins home and you were you were, we were taking Marche home, middle school coach. And the police, as soon as we pulled into his complex, the police got behind me and turned his lights on. He came and asked everybody in the car for their ID. I said, I say, sir, they're only 13 years old. And he looked in the car, he said, Well, where y'all coming from? I say, We coming from basketball practice. And he looked in the car again and he saw these there's three in the back seat, Marche in the front. He said, Okay, I'm sorry, y'all have a great day. Just again, if we weren't coming from basketball practice, he would have made that right. off. So right. I'm just thinking them things like that. And me being able to be open with them, I guess the weight off my shoulders because I knew it was a lot that I kept from them, you know, and it's things that they're going through now, even problems with women. They call me and ask me about women. Because now they know I can be honest and tell them, look, there's some of the things right. that <laughs> happen. If this ever happened, let me tell you how to handle this situation, you know. But yeah, just being able to be honest with them, man, that means a lot. And again, no matter what we're doing, we never know who's watching. Like you mentioned Elise and Rima, and 
I have to say, I had to tell you this story because I knew it was going to be one of your odd uh, moments. But Elise was with her grandmother. They were at the park. And she met a guy. Well, she was playing with a little girl. The grandmother was talking to the father. And he was saying how he wants to help his daughter, like, teach her how to give back and volunteer more. And Elise came over and started telling him about Coach's Closet. And my daddy has Coach's Closet, and we give away clothes and shoes and book bags, and we do this. And you can volunteer with us. Then she told him, go look on YouTube. Get, look on- <laughs> and she made him watch the video while they were at the park. And I, I didn't believe it. She, she, she came and told me, Daddy, I met somebody and I had to got me. And I had to go ask her grandmother. She said, she surely did. And when I heard that, all I could do is smile because it's like she's paying attention. And she knows what's going on. Like, she's excited about Coach's Closet. Like, every day, Daddy, are we doing Coach's Closet today? Daddy, are we doing coaching closet today? So when she did that, it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta show them how to, you know, how to serve others, how to be a servant leader. And they're watching me, and it's becoming a part of life to give back. So them giving back, you know, some people is like pulling teeth because they never had to give back before. But if she's growing up in it, it's the same. Like she's growing up to where she, this is what we do. You know, and that's how it was for me. My parents, they volunteered a lot. So for me, this is normal. And I wanted it to be like that for the girl. And it's the same with the boys. They're always watching every move I make. So that's why I always try to, not just them, but all my students who follow me on social media. Like, I try to give them a good example. So I post positive. I still let them see we care about how we look. So fashion is big. We always make sure they see us. We look oh, yeah. good. We let- <laughs> We travel and we enjoy life, but also you see me post the Bible verse. And if you really know me, you know that I'm big on my Bible and my and my religion. Like sure. some people may not know, but if you have a conversation with me, you'll realize this is an everyday thing for him. This is not something he I'm not really wishy washy. I wishy washy is not reading five chapters in the Bible that day instead of instead I only read three. That's my wishy-washy, but I'm going to read my Bible every day, and I'm going to read my devotion, and I'm going to have um, constant conversations with God throughout the day. And that's it, right? One, you know, you bring up one, first of all, you know, to my babies. I love it. And I think it's amazing because you said something best. People are watching us, right? Even if we don't know, and that's what I tell people all the time, we always talk character, is literally doing the right thing even when we don't believe someone's watching. But here's the true portion to that. Someone's always watching. And the most amazing portion is that if you don't do and you aren't real with every moment of your life, your children, I'm soon to find that out, right? Uh, They're watching the moments that you think they're not. And so to be able to watch her, right? to watch my daddy and this is what he does. You know, one of the key pieces, I was listening to something the other day that says we teach them so many things, right? We teach kids that, you know, how to eat, how to sleep, how to drink, just those things that we think that are important. But one of the things we fail to do and then call people that are now adults selfish is have they ever been taught to serve? Which is the whole reason that I believe God gave this platform is that we talk about people not serving others and the true meaning of servant leadership, but have we truly trained them up? And I just, that that scripture that says, train up a child in the way that they will go. And when they grow, they won't depart from it. And so now already where she's not beside you, you haven't given her a script to read. 
she watches you every single day. And it doesn't take much to watch you because I can even not be looking and I know what you're doing, right? I, I pay attention because it's your way of life at this point. But the other portion that you mentioned is that because Christ is a part of your daily life, right? It's not something that I just pop on and do, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when you speak about Christ, when Christ moves in your walk as you give, as you're a father, as you're a mentor, as you're a son, right? That's because that's the Christ in you. You didn't go just try to pick up a scripture to say to them that day. That's how you live your life. And so it comes out that way because it's in your heart. And so are you. And I think that's so amazing to just watch you minister because that's what you're doing. You're, you're living a true ministry as a father and, and, and as a mentor. And it's, it's amazing to watch. I love it. You sit there, coach. Can I hear you? Say something for me. I just want to make sure you're still there. There you go. There you go. You can hear me? I got you. Yeah, there we go. Enemy man, that's all. Look, I tell people all the time, you know, sometimes when the video and things go off, I'm like, y'all, this digital age. Y'all know how technology goes. <laughs> you know, but that brings me to my point because if Elise is talking about it, right? I know about it. You are a humble person. And I tell people all the time, I have to, I will toot horns for anybody, especially people like you who that's just not what you're in it for. But Chip, you've done so much. I remember when you actually talked about this initiative, trying to build something to help the community, right? And you said, coach, I'm telling you right now, before it's over with, God's going to touch it to be international. And Chip, when I watch you on a day-to-day -day basis, like, and how this thing is moving and expanding to help people. I mean, it just blows my mind. And I tell you all the time how proud I am of you because you don't do it for you, right? Like you don't, most people, when they do things, they feel they have to announce, right? You don't make announcements because you're moving for Christ. Coach's Closet, there is so much that you all are doing. Can you explain to our listeners just what Coaching Closet is how God gave you this amazing ministry and what you all provide to so many individuals on a day-to-day -day basis. All right, so Coach's Closet is my nonprofit organization. We basically would provide resources of any kind to those in need. So we're known for shoes. We started off giving shoes away and the boys, which coaching the twins, they were pretty much the inspiration behind it. We went on our first tournament. I think they were in the fifth or the sixth grade, sixth grade, I think their first tournament and everybody had new shoes on except for the twins and Marsha. So after that, you know, I was like, okay, this not going to work. We got to figure something out. So I told them to come to the house. I said, all right, now pick a pair of shoes out of coaches closet. And it kind of just stuck from there. You know, I was giving away shoes to the people. Like, it was something small at first. We were just giving away shoes out of our closet. And all my friends getting shoes from them and giving it to the boys that came across. You know, once the twins got up here, then they tell somebody that somebody else came and said, hey, you got a size 8, you got a size 10. So we were just providing shoes like that. And it kind of grew. Like you said, I came to you and I was just letting you know, like, Coach, this is what I really want to do. Like, I love teaching. I love coaching. But, man, it's just something about what I do with Coach's Closet and giving back. 
Like I really could do that every day of my life, just walk around and whether it's feeding, um, providing clothes, shoes, whatever, any way we can help, you know, because we've done a lot. But it started from there. And I always tell them they changed, they saved my life. Like they made me grow up. And that was part of that growing up because I had to be that example for them. So when I started Coach's Closet, it was really just about them. And then people started asking us to help out with their back to school drives. They were like, look, just provide some shoes. And when we provided the shoes, we were giving away shoes that people were paying for. And it was like, man, these are Jordans. These are Air Maxes. These are phone posits. <laughs> right. You know, and then people like, I still to this day, if I post a picture of somebody donated, my cousin will call me and say, hey, I'll give you three pair of shoes for that one shoe. And somebody put it in perspective for me. He said, man, by you getting three pair of shoes for one shoe, you able to give three, help three people instead of one. Exactly. So it made sense. But um, like we were giving away so the good stuff to where the word spread fast because where most people in a shoe drive, they're giving away what they don't want. These people are giving away what they can still wear, what they still want. But I haven't worn these shoes in two years, three years. Or... I think somebody else would benefit from it more than I would. So that's been going on for about 10 years now. And again, we've grown. We've given away over 20,000 pairs of shoes in the last 10 years. Um, good shoes is we've given away new shoes. So I started an initiative a couple of years back where we did new shoes for Christmas. So we've given away new shoes on Christmas for the past three years. I want to say three or four years. This will be year four. We've done the new shoes, uh, book bags. We did our book bag drive. Well, we're doing our book. Actually, we're on tour right now. So I like to call it a tour because we're going to four different cities. So That's what it is. We did Atlanta. We did um, 300 book bags in Atlanta. We did Miami on Saturday. And, and I think we gave away over 400 bags within an hour and a half. Like Miami was crazy. We gave away 400 bags. That's insane. <laughs> we'll be in Orlando this weekend. We have 300 bags to give away. And then next week, Saturday, we close it off in Tallahassee, uh, which another 300. So all in together, our goal was 1,200 bags this year. Last year, we gave away 600. The year before that, we gave away two. So each year, we're growing. And it's because I want to find ways to help more people. And I think that's my issue with teaching. Because I keep saying, man, I have something to give to more people. Like, I'm trying to reach more people. The classroom is great, but I still know, like, not that I feel, I know that I'm supposed to touch and reach more people in places that you usually wouldn't be able to get to, you know? Mm -hmm. So I want to go international. I want to go all over the country, all over the world, you know? I actually saw something on Africa today, and as I'm watching a documentary, I was, I said to myself, I said, my God, and she tell me we got to go to Africa because I'm down with that. Like, I want to go wherever we can help people. You know, I want to walk into your hood, your projects. You know, we're not worried about, oh, that's a rough area. Man, as long as you have God with you and you're doing the right thing, I'm not worried about that. You know, I saw a guy, he had just got out of prison and, and on a documentary. And he that that's what he did. He walked into projects and he would get people to basically get a life to God. You know, he would minister and get people to turn their life over to God. And he say, he made, he say, man, when you got God with you, you're not worried about, we good in every hood as Come long on. as you got God with you. And that's, that's where I am at this point. 
Like, I, we will walk in your hood with book bags, with shoes, with clothes, with free food. Because every, every time we do something, we give away everything. Food, clothes, shoes, book bags. It's a great time. So we dance and we party. And uh, my family is there. So everybody's making you feel welcome. And I like to call it a big party. It's just a party with a purpose because we actually have fun. We enjoy being around each other. But then you're all, everybody knows that we're there to serve. You know, we're there to give back and make other people's lives better. So with Coach's Closet, man, I, that's my baby. And I'm just, I'm excited about what we're doing now because it's surreal. Again, it's something we talked about and I'm big on that. Like I'll keep a lot of things to myself, but if I tell you, it's like, I got to make it happen because I want to let you see that I'm a man of my word. Mm -hmm. So my students hearing me and my players hearing me say, man, one day I'm going to get signed by Nike and they're going to see coaches closet all over the world. One day I'm going to do this. And they're listening to me. But now they're writing me saying, man, coach, you said you was going to be traveling with this thing. Coach, you said you was going to. And it's yep. allowing them to see like, hey, like my dad, he did that for me. He allowed me to see that when you actually pray on something and set your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Because I remember when we moved into our house, I was 10. But we came here for somebody else was living here. We came here about nine or 10 years old. And I remember him leaving there saying, this is my house. I'm going to buy this house. I'm like, daddy, whatever. You ain't going to buy that house. That house too big for you. And within two years, he ended up purchasing the house. So when he did that, that allowed me to see, okay, no matter what, um, if you set your mind to it, you pray on it and you work hard, you can accomplish anything. So when I look at this four city tour that we're on now, it's like, man, three, four years ago, you said you was going to do this. And you actually in four cities, booking flights, paying for a hotel. Like, this is not just, we should, like, we had, this is a real tour, you know, and we setting up, giving away book bags, feeding people, and then packing up, headed home to do it again the following week. So, you know, just to see that, it's like, you really set your mind to it and you really accomplish that goal. I told Brad, you know Brad, but I told Brad, I oh, said, yeah. man, it's nothing that can stop us now, coach, because after I seen this happen, well, they in trouble because we, we we got a lot of things we want to do. It's just the resources. But I see God positioning us in ways and putting people in our um, path, on our path, that'll help us accomplish all our goals. So everything is coming together. More than ever, ministries need an easy way to track and do all the things, whether it's online giving, texting your people, tracking your funds, scheduling volunteers, building a website, and a million other things. Church Track is one church management software that does all the things your ministry needs. It's simple to use, has powerful features, and it's the most affordable. Over 10,000 ministries across the world trust Church Track. Are you using another church software? ChurchTrack makes it really easy to switch and move over your data. They don't have any setup fees, and you can have them import your data for free, even on your trial. Start your free 30-day trial of ChurchTrack and see why so many other ministries have already made the switch. Go to churchtrac.com or just click the link in the show notes, ChurchTrack, your all-in-one church management software.
you know, and that's it. You said two big things and I literally, even knowing you, even watching this evolve, right? I'm still and still stand in amazement, right? On how God is carrying this. And, you know, a couple of points to that one where you're like, I don't fear, right? I, I can walk anywhere. But isn't that how Jesus was too? I said, you know, we move so much trying to, what good am I if I minister to those who are always in church, who know him, who understand him? That's not it. He called us to be fishers of men, right? And uh, my boy, Coach uh, Hub, I have to always put him out for this because this is amazing. He said, God called us to be fishers. We sit here, we try to bait, fish, clean, from, do all of that. He didn't say that, right? And so how can we be fishers of men if we pick and choose which waters we fish in? And so I think that's amazing because Jesus did the same thing. He hung out with everybody. How do we feel that we'll be impressionable, just like the young man that had just gotten out of prison and ministered to people? If we have a story to tell, we tell it to the same crew. We're not moving anybody, but we can go where Christ tells us to go. Doesn't matter. Sometimes we miss the true divine appointment of him and the purpose because we're afraid to go where he's sending us. And to know that you all literally will be in places some people may not have ever heard the word, right? That's the first golden part. The second part is how you are literally living that scripture in Matthew where it says, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, right? I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. Every weekend, you don't know these individuals. You speak and say, I know this area needs serving, right? India Ari has this song that says, every place has a ghetto, right? And that's the truth. I don't care where you go. I don't care how pristine a city may be. You can find the one place or a few places that has a ghetto. And the fact that you would set your sights on not knowing those 300 people, but knowing there's a need and I'm going. And that every single time you're providing to God's people, that's huge to me. But the last part is speaking those things into existence. Yeah, we block our blessings because we don't even believe. Sometimes it's almost like, I don't know how to double dutch, right? But when we watch people double dutch, right? And they're hesitant trying to get in. And so often I can just truly see God sitting there like, okay, that blessing, right? I'm just, if she just say it, if she just, it's right on her tongue. If she just believe me enough to say it, I'm ready to throw that blessing. And much like you watch that in your father and your mom, but you're speaking it. Just like it says, if you ask for anything and have faith, it's going to be given to you. And you're speaking that. And as much as you speak it, Chip, the, the part that just makes my heart grow is watching God work every single time that you speak it. And each weekend, right, those sponsorships coming in. Every weekend, more bags being given. Christmas in July, all of these events have God's hand on it. And you're in that space that says, this is a God thing. This is not even me. That's the part, the humility that says, this is not me. I'm just a servant leader. That's big, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah it, it's nothing I'm doing. Like I always say, just use me, speak through me. You know, not speak to me, but speak through me. Because whatever he's telling me, you know, whatever you want me to say to other people, just, I'm just standing here. Just put it in there and it's going to come out. And it's the same thing, like you say, just speaking the speaking things into existence. I think that's big. I don't think mm -hmm. we realize how, like, I don't want to say relevant, but how, 
factual that is. Like when you actually say something, you put it out there and you believe it, like God is gonna bless you. And I'm I'm witnessing that. And again, it goes back to my Bible study with the boys. I'll, I'm allowing them to see this. You know, so when they're watching this and they know this is something we talked about last year, two years ago, three years ago, and they're seeing it come come into play, it's like, hey, Chipman, you said that, and you said pray on it, everything will work out. So now they say, well, you know, let me try this prayer thing. Um, Lord, can you help me? Because I was like, well, is he getting his job? You know, he prayed about an internship, and then it opened up for me, ended up getting a job. Same with Craig. So everybody is like, okay, this prayer thing's starting to work. Let me go ahead and throw my little hat in, Lord. You know, and it could be something small, man. I I pray for the weather in Miami because it rained. It was Come on here. Rain. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, Lord, please, like, just give us good weather. We here to give back. That's all we want. And he gave us good weather. And it's 90% chance of rain. And for that moment, we don't have rain. Now, it may rain at five, but our event ended at four. Right. We were good. That's all I needed. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Give me that. Now, everybody home. Now, you can pour down all you want, but allow us to have a successful event. And he comes through every time, Coach. I think that was the first, just praying on weather kind of opened my mind up because it allowed you to see even the smaller things you pray on, God don't hear your prayer. Come on. So imagine the larger, like, Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need a house. Um, or Lord, I just need a miracle. I need good help. And then he comes through for you because all the smaller things that you pray for, he delivers. So like you said, with the cash out, if you, if I, if I got you a double cheeseburger, I cash out you a dollar, you know, when you ask me for $15, it's a good chance I'm gonna get it. Cause he gave me a dollar. He gave me five. So it's the same concept. No, it really is. And, and I love that part and that portion. And, you know, I told you, I've always respected the man and the father that you are, but just the man of God that you are, because so often, right, and, and not to label, but so often we do, we have a large part of our male population who is just not there, right? They just, for whatever reason, maybe it doesn't look cool, maybe I can't let nobody know, you know, and watching that evolution of your successes, watching the evolutions, even your downfalls, and it's like, look, God got me, right? Even when I don't understand, he has me. Talk a little bit about just that strong force that God is in your life. And as a, a huge population of our listeners are males, how important it is to have him as the head of your life, to be able to lead, to be able to serve, and to be able to just truly live a life that's pleasing in his sight. Um, well, of course, you know, we can't, we can't do it without God. And and everything you read in the Bible is basically talking about love, like doing everything out of love. So I try my best to do everything out of love, like, because without God or without that love, a lot of stuff wouldn't get done. Because just humanly, like, I don't feel like doing this or it's an inconvenience. Because when you're serving, when you, as a servant leader, you're probably inconveniencing yourself 80% of the time. Oh, for sure. It's never about, my dad always says, it's, it's not about you. Especially the man of the, at the head of a household, he always say, it's about your wife, it's about your kids, it's about everybody else, and then you last. And it makes sense. As I got older, it's like, okay, I get what he's saying. And as a servant leader, whether you're male or female, it's always about everybody else and then yourself. 
-hmm. So without God being at the head, it's easy to quit because it's like, all right, I don't want to do this. It's wearing me down. But then that conversation God having with you in your head is like, but you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for me. And I give you that energy you need. You straight. Don't worry about where the money gonna come from. Just keep doing it. Like he's talking to you to get you through. So it's like, all right, you're right, Lord. And like it goes back to Jesus. Like you said, I always tell people Jesus was a G. I don't care what nobody says. Come on here. <laughs> like look at it's I don't know if you ever see, have you seen the documentary The Chosen? Yes. So watching The Chosen, I'm are you actually able to see him. Like it's not him, but you actually just see yeah. his personality more. And it's, it's like words in motion yeah it's like well you a g like you you really walking in people hood and you telling them what you got to say and when they don't like it he don't get upset or anything so calmly he put them in their place and keep it moving and i'm like man like that's how you want to be you know he sets that um the bar high to where i want to be like christ you know what would jesus do would never be jesus would never be perfect but if you try every day to be as close to him as possible and mm -hmm. The main thing with that is just treating everybody with love, like showing love to everybody. So that's mm -hmm. why we're feeding the homeless, where a lot of people look down on homeless people. Man, yesterday, we went and fed the homeless yesterday. Um, we were dancing, laughing, like we build a relationship. So now when they see me, they coming out there, and we, we sitting there laughing and kicking it like regular yeah. people. And a lot of people, you know, they're scared of homeless people like if they're monsters, man, they're regular people. And like you said, Jesus would be here with these same people. So... Mm -hmm. It, it it's big to just open yourself up just mm -hmm. open yourself up um and again when you want to quit you look to god because he's going to be the one that keeps you going like it, for me it's just i think the verse that you used in the beginning of this session was perfect uh what is it proverbs 18 and 10 and 10 read it public coach so you're good it's, our god is a strong tower and we can run to him for safety and whenever i'm scared whenever i'm nervous or you know i don't know i'm just confused i just go to god like honestly i've been going to him more that's why i told you earlier this past year i've grown a lot the past two years actually but this past year i've grown a lot and a lot of that is because of my situation not working so it's like okay what are you going to put your focus on like you can focus on not working or you can focus on God. So when you're focusing on God and it's just the little things now, you're showing appreciation. Like I had to tell my parents, I appreciate you guys because if it hadn't been for you, I would be on the street because the pandemic hit me hard. Um, right. But because of my parents, I still had a, a roof just, uh, over my head, with me moving back to Miami. So I, I've, I was able to appreciate the little things and then develop that relationship with God more to now like i just i just talk regular it's not a going to deep prayer it's like man god That's hey it. you said you can help me out <laughs> now i'm doing all this stuff now i'm tired of working i'm helping these people out and you keep talking about it in this bible you keep giving me a verse every day talking about feeding the homeless or helping the least of these that's what i'm doing now help me out like can you send somebody with some big dollars to help me out because at this point, that's what we need to continue to be a blessing to more people. We need somebody to be a blessing to us. So that's our conversation back and forth now. And he put me in my place when he had to. Oh, yeah. Oh, he gonna always do that now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's so amazing? And I was listening to this today, and it's funny. 
because I started to tweet it out and I didn't. Um, and and, and it, now I know it was because it was for this and not for the tweet in that moment. I was listening to a podcast on the way home um, and the guy, it was so amazing. He said, a lot of times we toil and toil and toil and try to figure out why people cannot move in a certain way. He says, but what you have to understand is you have to know what love is before you know what love does. And I had to like, stop. Like I literally had to park the car for a second because the way that thing hit me, it literally answered a lot of unanswered questions or question marks are in people or events or things. It literally checked those off my list of things in my head that I just would be like, I don't get that guy, right? But it, it made so much sense. And so you said at best that we learn to do everything out of love right? Because if you truly know what love is, right? God is love and everything that he did, right? I tell people all the time to actually split yourself in three parts, father, son, Holy spirit to get your message across because why we don't get it, right? He's done all this and we still trip. We still don't know he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly, right? And so he's love and everything he does. So if you don't understand him, you don't understand love, and if you don't understand what love is, you don't understand what love does. See, love allows me to serve when I'm tired. It allows me to go to four cities in four separate weekends, right? Where these people are, are awesome. And they may see the documentary that takes the best snapshots of the weekend, but they don't see me driving. They don't see my feet hurt. They don't see me tired and away from my kids, but that's the sacrifice because Christ did the ultimate sacrifice, right? I'm sitting here preparing for my baby girl and I just cannot imagine saying, okay, I'm gonna give my only child for this world who I already know, many of them aren't gonna accept me. Many of them aren't gonna believe in me. Right, many right. of me aren't going to be called according to my purpose, but I'm gonna do this anyhow. The other portion, portion that this thing said that blew me away, Chip, attests to what you just said. It says our service, right, is the seed that we sow. But what you have to understand is this, you're not going to sow, reap what you've sown in moments where, you know, you feel it's necessary, right? You're going to get it at God's appointed time. And the time where you know, and this is my part, everybody know I love Christine Kane. She always says impossible is where God starts. It's going to come at such a time where there's no question right? It's going to be that check in the mail that has no name on it. You're going to be like, what? It's going to be Nike calling saying, hey man, you know, we've been hearing about you for a while, but we tried to get our ducks in a row. It's going to be Haslam saying, I know he's, you know, trying to tweet me for a minute, but hey, I'm, I'm here. What do you need? And that is how the seeds of our good works work. God knows. And it's amazing because I just wish sometimes I could have the 50 foot view of him to watch and know how he orchestrates. But those blessings are coming, why? Because you don't serve for the blessing. You serve because you know that's what Christ called you to do and that you're doing everything out of love. And that's why I get so much joy as I say this because I watch and I know, I can't wait for that call. When you like, coach, man, remember we were talking on that podcast, man, Nike just, and I know it's coming. So just know when I'm speaking life in favor right now in that, and now I know why I listen to that podcast, because your love is and your love does, you're gonna reap a harvest that you're not even, it's gonna blow your mind, man. Wait till at least tell the stranger about that. <laughs> that's, 
Oh, and I'm ready for it, Coach. I'm ready, honestly. I Timing is everything you mentioned, timing. And when I think back of where I was mentally, spiritually, two years ago, three years ago, I wasn't ready for what I wanted, mm. you know. And now I feel I can handle whatever he throws at me a lot better. And that's because of that relationship that we formed in the last year and a half. I mean, I've always had a relationship. I've always been in my Bible, but I don't know this last year and a half hit different. You know, it mm-hmm. hit different. So definitely I'm with you. You also mentioned sacrifice, like how Jesus sacrificed, like what God sacrificed his son and then Jesus sacrificed his life. And as a servant leader, we always, we sacrifice a lot. So we may not sacrifice our body, like our life, but we are sacrificing our bodies for our time. Like, like you say, with the family, I look at all this traveling I'm doing. And the one thing I keep beating myself up about is I'm not being, I'm not able to be with my girls all this time, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm, I'm having to travel and be away so much. But again, they understand, which I love them, my family for that. Like they understand what's going on that this is a dream of mine and it's not about like i'm not doing this for me i'm not doing this for you we're doing this for them the people and i love it when they jump on board my family traveling with me because again i'm 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 gone a lot like i've been gone the last six weekends i've been traveling six seven weekends i've traveled and when i come in town it's like i try to spend those three days that i'm here before i leave out again or four days i try to spend it with with Elise. I try to spend it with Rima. Even if it's just sitting around the house, go pick them up from school, drop them off to school. The little things that I look forward to that I know I'm missing, I do. I try to do it as much as I can when I'm here. But again, like you said, it's about sacrifice and understanding we got to sometimes make ourselves uncomfortable, sacrifice things we want for others. And again, it's back to what would Jesus do? We'll never be Christ, but that's Christ-like. So as a servant leader, you know, that's Christ-like sacrifice. And as a coach, you know, that's why I always tell people I'm not looking forward to coaching again because that takes up a lot of your time, especially if you really want to be good because you're not just practicing in season. You're practicing in the summer, the spring, the summer. When school start back, y'all still in the gym. So it's really 11 months. Yeah. And those 11 months, you're taking away time you from your family, your friends, just your own mental space, you know, where you could just be relaxing and getting a peace of mind to come back and teach in August. You teach, you coaching all summer, which is still teaching. Yep. You're just teaching a different subject. So it's that sacrifice thing is big. And as long as we are sacrificing, I feel God will continue to bless us. Come on here. I feel he'll continue to bless us as long as we're sacrificing. That's it, man. I mean, it's golden. I could not have said it any better, you know, and of course, naturally, you are a heavy listener and participant of the podcast, so you already know how this ends. Uh, I'm sure you didn't prepare because as you were chatting with everything else, well, it's it's, it's the blessing and the curse to uh, everyone. Most people think, oh, well, I listen to it, so I'm going to prepare, but you, you get ready for everything else I ask, and it's like, oh, I forgot about those, but of course, naturally, for those who listen to the podcast, you know where we are. It is the two initiated questions before we walk this servant leader into the enshrinement of the servant leader family. Uh, one of the first ones is the amazing and my favorite devotion moment in 
moment in time that I have a Christ in the mornings and sometimes throughout the day, right? As we often talk about, we talked about this past hour that life has a way, right? Uh, that even though we sacrifice, <laughs> even though we serve, there's times where things get hard, right? It's not only rains with the weather, but it rains in our lives. And so one of the things I love to do is I love to remind myself what God is and also what God isn't, right? Because sometimes the biggest blessing in our lives is that God said no, <laughs> right? And so I do my God is devotional where I'll say God is, and I'll just continuously rip off all that he's been to me, all that he has not been to me, all that he has done in the past, all that he's done. And literally sometimes I stop myself and say, Chelsea, okay, it's time to go to work, right? But you don't get a list, you only get one. So if I said God is, and I drew a blank, to servant leader, Vernon Shipman. God is what? So I only get, I had three. You only get one. One. Well, the Give first thing came to my, the first them. thing came to my head was God is my rock. Come on. God is my rock. That's the first thing came to my head. God is my rock. Because when I, when I am tired, when I need somebody to lean on, I can, I can always go lean back on him and everything mm -hmm. will turn out all right. It's like a child, no matter what's going on, you go jump in your mama arms or go jump in your daddy arms. That's like, it. I, I remember me, when my daddy was there, I don't care who around, we could beat up anybody and I ain't scared of nothing. So God is, I would say God is my rock. Um, That's it. I'll have the other two now. I had to get the song. All right, so the second one, I was gonna say <laughs> God is my peace. I love it, yes. God is my peace. And the last one, I was going to say, God is my daddy. <laughs> Come on here. Like He's said, my Abba father. Yes. Yeah, Abba means daddy. Yes. And everything that comes with daddy, like I say, that protection uh, and security, uh, that confidence, that love, everything that a father does. Like I, I start to look at God treating us how I am with the girls. Come on. So it's like, as much as I love them or when they make me mad, I'm like, well, shoot, I know that's how you be with me because I know I be tripping sometimes. <laughs> so, you can't be as mad. You can't be mad at them as much as you want to because it's like, what? Like, I find my, I be getting on Remo about something and while I'm getting on her about it, he getting on me like, well, I tell you the same thing. You need to do it. So I'm like, shoot, all right, Remo, I'm sorry, baby. No, <laughs> we both gonna do better because we both make this, <laughs> we both not doing what we should be doing, so. I'm sorry, baby, but we're going to get on it because that's how it is with him. You know, that's like it. we're not living up to everything we should be doing for God. So just like mm -hmm. our kids make us mad, we make him mad. But that love thing where unconditional love, I think I learned what that means in the last year. And they really broke it down. Like no matter what, he's going to love you. And that's the unconditional part. I never really paid attention to it. You just hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. I really broke it down in the last year. It's like, well, unconditional love is real. Like, no matter what, you still going to love me? Oh, man. Like, you can't get no better than that. You can't. And the thing that uh, there's a song that I love so much, Tasha Cobbs. It's called In Spite of Me. And mm -hmm. the song says, you still love me in spite of me. Right? Like, it just, and it, it, it is amazing because he does. True unconditional love, right? We love with conditions. We upset, whatever. And he sits there. I was talking to a coach the other day. He said the same thing. He was like, I truly learned pretty much and got really close to Christ when I became a dad. He said, because he speaks through me and to me most when I'm around my children. And, and, and you just literally made me think of that in that moment. And he'll do that. He'll come out however he needs to come out to get you to recognize who he is. 
I agree. I agree. And of course, this is the servant leader, coach's Bible study or servant leadership. As we talked about at the very beginning, we assume that people know how to serve. We teach a lot of things in life. We teach them as growing up as parents, we teach in school, but servant leadership, we can't assume that people know truly what that means. We know Christ has been the amazing and the poster child for servant leadership, but servant leadership takes on so many definitions and I'm on a mission to create the longest but truest definition of servant leadership. So when I ask you servant leader Vernon Chipman, servant leadership, two words, they're definitely action words. Servant leadership, what does that mean to you? Leading, of course, you know, leadership being at the front, but also understanding that you're serving the server. I think Come for me on. So like we're serving others, like while we're out, and I'm gonna use just the volunteering or as a parent or as a coach, but when we're out volunteering, I'm serving other people, like the community, but also I'm serving those who are helping me serve them. So I'm coming to them, hey, do you need anything? Do you want some water? Take a break. Like, let me get this for you. Let me do that. Because you're as a leader, I have to show you that I'm willing to mop the floor, take the trash out, but also I'm going to ask, I may ask you to do the same thing, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I would do. So just being, teaching people, learning how to serve the server, I think that's what I focus a lot on because no, that's taken for granted a lot of times. So just showing appreciation, serving leadership is just being a great example on how to look out for others, how to take care of other people. I think that's golden. It really, really is. And when it comes down to it, just hearing you say that, serving the server, one, and then hear you basically saying that I'm serving those who are helping me serve others. And it just reminds me, like I'm literally, not reminds, like I was there, but it gives me a visual picture of the night of the last supper, right? Where I can just see this powerful person, right? Jesus Christ, the ultimate servant leader, uh, ultimate power, the three-part, one of the three-part trinities, and he's telling them, like, I'm going to wash your feet. Like, I'm legit going to do that. Like, this does not remove me from who I am and my power, but to do this, you will now be a part of me so that now when you go out, this is how you will take part in serving others. And so to see that, if you don't have to walk out. People know you're, you're the leader. They know that this was your baby. But that's not what's on your mind. What's on your mind is seeing them watch you serve. Not only that, but making sure those that are helping me serve, right, that they have what they need, but ultimately serving the server because the server is the one that's often forgotten. And that is amazing to me. That is big, blown away. That's, I'm telling you, that's blown away right there. I tell people all the time, Chip, if I'm eating, you keep my drink filled, you get your tip. Mm-hmm. In a minute, but if you keep my drink filled and I don't have to ask you every time I look over, my drink is filled. I can take lukewarm food if I have a full drink. Yeah. And so just imagine in our lives, if we were able to be that, that I can just supply the need without somebody asking me. I see my mom say, You see that piece of lint on you saw it. If you can see it, pick it up. Why right. did I tell you? Could you imagine our lives as servant leaders if we see a need? And we don't wait to be asked. We just show up because we knew it would lift a burden. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes he blesses us even before the, the prayer was prayed. Yeah. And that's servant leadership to be able to serve the server. Chip, you did it, man. That was golden. Thank you, coach. Thank you. Thank you. This has been amazing. I knew it would be. Uh, I told you I was super excited about this one. When you and I talked, you were like, Coach, when God tells me it's time, I'm ready for you. And it was definitely his appointed time. Um, I truly do thank you, not only for just this conversation, but just being who you are and staying true to who you are. Because you have saved lives. <laughs> I need you to understand that. You have saved so many lives by doing that. You are an example to so many people, even people you don't know are watching, right? You've left a legacy in so many places and I know you will continue to do so. So I truly do appreciate you. Thank you, coach. Thank you. And I appreciate you guys. Like, I I love when you and Ms. Mitchell call me randomly in the middle of the day. Because <laughs> it means a lot. You know, it's it's some people, you can, you can hear I'm proud of you all the time. And I appreciate every body who says that but then when you hear it from somebody who watched you grow or who was there with you yeah to help you build it means more because like you said you remember those conversations and now it's like to see it now and so when you say hey i'm proud of you coach it always does a lot for me you and miss met you because y'all saw me like y'all watched me grow as a coach as an individual as a father as a man like every part of me you watched me grow into who I am today. So it means a lot when I hear y'all tell me I'm proud of you. So I appreciate you. Um, and even doing this podcast, like I said, I would not have done the Bible study had it not been for you. And then even in this podcast, all of last year, a lot of the things, like everybody who spoke, I took something from. And I still use those stories. Um, like one in particular, and I don't want to stay long because I know we got to go, but the guy he was saying, yeah. I don't remember his name, but he coached, he had a semi-pro team, I want to say. And then he said at one point he lost his job. He moved back home and he was cleaning floors. You're talking about, uh, goodness, keep talking. I'm going to give you who he is. And he said he ended up, he, he was trying to figure out, man, I have so many degrees and so much on my resume. Why am I cleaning floors? He asked God this. And one day he ended up cleaning floors with the owner of the company. The owner of the company asking him, hey, why are you here? Basically, like, you clearly you're overqualified. Yep. And they started talking about God, and the owner didn't believe in God. And he feels like, he said at that moment, that's God telling, he heard God telling him, this is why I have you here. So you can minister to him and get in his life. And he said after that happened, immediately within a couple days, he had like three offers, three job offers calling him. But that was his purpose for being there. So just hearing that, it helped me realize like there's a purpose why why I am where I am. So now I don't really stress about not having what I want or what I think I should have because there's a reason I'm here. Let me serve my purpose here and then God can bless me. So that's why I say with you doing this podcast, like it really helped me out a lot. And I appreciate you and everybody who's ever came on here and spoke because I, I may not get on the Zoom, but I'm watching on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I don't talk much, so I'm not going to comment, yeah. but I'm paying attention. <laughs> so I appreciate everything you do, Coach, because you provide a platform for us to express ourselves in a way that we usually won't. So I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And that was servant leader Lewis Shine. That was Coach okay. 
Shine. Uh, immediately when you said that, he came back to me. That was Lewis Shine, and he's still out here shining. So shout out to him. Um, but I appreciate that, Chip, more than you know. And trust me, like we said before, I know that people are always watching. Even when I don't think so. And I know that you're always one of them. So I thank you for that. So of course, naturally, before we go, we got to cover you. So bow your head for me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now just for your hand in this relationship, your hand in allowing our cross, our paths to cross, your hand in every move that you've made on our behalf. I thank you right now, Lord God, for servant leader Vernon Chipman. And as he walks, Lord God, as a man of God, as a father, as a son, and as a servant of yours, Lord God, to lead your people and assist, Lord God, thank you and strengthen him as he goes into these places, Lord God. Continue to strengthen him so he remains unafraid. He remains unharmed, Lord God. Enlarge his territory, Lord God, so that he can continue to show the work of Christ in him to those that may not know who you are, Lord God. Bless his family, Lord God, and every need that they have, Lord God, meet it. I pray for the listener who may not know you. I pray for the listener who knew you, Lord God, but somehow drifted because something happened that, that was unexplainable, Lord God. I pray right now a special prayer, Lord God, for a, a young lady and a student, Lord God, at Godly High School who has lost her life. Be with that family, Lord God, as they try to make sense of it, Lord God. Strengthen us all in the places that even people may not know about, Lord God, but most of all, help us to continue to be light so that those that don't know you can seek and find you. And yes, in Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Vernon Chipman, you are now a part of the Servant Leader family. We are so happy to have you, my brother. We enshrine you right now. And we're so thankful just for the, the work that you're doing. So keep serving. Thank you, coach. Thank you. And my shirt was back <laughs> in the mail, right? Hey, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Um, and if anybody want to give back, just look us up, Coach's Closet. Man, we're here. If you want to do something in your city, we're, we're always planning events. We look forward to planning different events. So just give us a call. Any way we could be a blessing, we're here. Absolutely. We're willing to travel. That's it. And he is. I call him Satellite Gives. I love it. So hit him up, Coach's Closet. For more information, we'll attach the website and everything to his episode. We thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. All right, y'all be blessed.